Welcome everybody to another episode of the Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maz, joined here with your favorite fire ferret, Jordan. Ooh, I love the fire ferret. Okay. Um, no, maybe I shouldn't mention that now. Maybe I'll mention that later. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I just don't want to mention it because it's technically going into spoiler territory. And you know me, I am anti-spoiler. But anyways, uh, we are covering Legend of Korra Season 1, Episodes 1 through 6. Uh, for those of you who've been following along since we did Avatar Starbender, you might be wondering why are we not doing episodes 1 through 10? Well, the issue is that Legend of Korra only has 12 episodes, sometimes 13, per season, as compared to Legend, uh, Last Airbender having, what, 20 per season? Yeah, something like that. Um, the last one having, last season being, like, I think 24 episodes or something like that. But yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's the reason why. Uh, we're just cutting it in half, basically. Mm-hmm. No, don't, I think covering one whole season per sitting is a little too much as far as, like, there's just so much that you need to cover. Um, and fair warning, I'm going to have more things that I complain about with Legend of Korra compared to Last Airbender. I still think Legend of Korra is a fantastic show. I just think it suffers from... All right, I'll just list them off. One, I think it's too short. Mm. Uh, right? Like, we already said that Leg- uh, Last Airbender has 20 episodes. Legend of Korra only has 12 per season. That Those eight episodes, this is an anime, right? Where eight episodes basically really are really can be boiled down to two or three episodes. The Those eight episodes make a difference. Um, and the biggest, the biggest, the, the biggest thing that I want to drive home as my, in my dislike for Legend of Korra is that the characters in Legend of Korra are not nearly as likable, relatable, or connectable. I don't know if that's a word. Connectable as Last Airbender. Like, if you go back to the very first episode that we covered Last Airbender, I said that if anyone in the world said, I like this character from Last Airbender, that's my favorite character in the show, I would not, or I, I could see it. Like, I would not argue with him. I would be like, wait, what? Really? With Legend of Korra, that's not the case. That in Legend of Korra, that is just simply not the case. The team Avatar and Legend of Korra are not as um like enjoyable. They're not as like, you know, you kind of fall in love with every member of Last Airbender, right? Uh-huh. Katara, Zuko, Toph. Ang, even like, you know, Uncle Iroh. So you even had like some of the side characters that you just couldn't help but fall in love with. Legend of Korra is not like that, unfortunately. No, I, I mean. Oh, and the other thing, Appa. Appa was a beloved member of the group. Naga. I, I don't want to curse. She don't mean nothing. All right. She literally doesn't mean anything. There is no like with Appa, you kind of felt a sense of connection relatively quickly. I don't know if it's a fact that he was a flying bison or she's just literally just a polar bear dog, but the dog part you don't notice as much. So it's just a polar bear. So it's not this mystical creature that you've never seen before, but it goes beyond even that. I, I just think Cora, Cora has some serious issues as far as connection to the characters, in my opinion. I will say this, though. Korra has hands down way better villains. Oh yeah, dude. Way better villains. Um, I agree. 
Amon, well. Amon is a fantastic villain. Um, I agree. And I the themes agree. for each season in Korra are way more condensed into... Because, you know, uh, Last Airbender, it was one storyline. It was him getting strong enough to beat Fire Lord Ozai and end the Hundred Year War, right? Right. With Legend of Korra, each season is his own, like, unique, closed-off adventure. And the reasoning for that, actually, is that they initially only meant for it to be one season, one and done. But the audience ended up loving Legend of Korra so much that they eventually made more seasons. Right. Uh, so I, I, it's one of those situations where the business and the outside, the human element gets into the influencing of the actual art itself, mm-hmm. which is not always a bad thing. It, it mm-hmm. isn't. Um, but it does have an impact on the end product. I'd have to agree. So Legend of Korra, I don't Sorry. remember exactly when it came out, but I think it came out towards the end of my high school. Or maybe oh, it wow. might have even been early college. Um, oh, no, Ethan, no, no, it's no. been a while. No, it was, it was, I remember now, I was in high school. I was still in high school when this came out. Uh, but yeah, no. Complaints aside, I, I'd say... This show was a very organic growth from the original. It did not rely on cheap, like, uh, guest appearances of characters to try and, you know, retain its audience. I can believe that. I mean, I, I, yeah. Because, so, like, a lot of shows, they'll do this thing. And I think I'll actually praise Boruto for this. And I haven't seen a whole lot of Boruto. Yeah, I know. It's like, wow. Uh, Jordan's like, man, what is happening? Um, But I'll actually praise Boruto for this. And I think Boruto and Legend of Korra, another one of their weaknesses is that they actually go too far the other way, that they don't acknowledge their prequel series, right? Um, makes sense, yeah. So you'll you'll see this as you watch more Legend of Korra. It feels like it's almost in going out of its way to avoid including anything from the previous the, the previous series. And I, I think that that's that. a mistake. Uh, Boruto does that, I think, more heavy handedly than Legend of Korra in the point to the point where people think that they straight up disrespect um, Naruto and some of the Konoha Twelve by underpowering them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I haven't, again, I haven't seen enough of Boruto to really make that uh, claim for myself. Uh, but I know that that is, <clears throat> uh, one of the complaints, a very heavily recurring complaint that people have of Boruto. But that make, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, people are always going to have complaints again. Yeah. But... And I think it becomes a point where like, is the complaint complaint get is that complaint relevant enough that it's getting in the way of your enjoyment, right? The right. complaints that I listed with Legend of Korra, such as it not having enough fan service of including some of the stuff in the prequel series, does that hurt my enjoyment? Very little. It does, but it, I, I can ignore that part. The, right. the biggest complaint I have with Legend of Korra, in my opinion, are the two. One, it's rushed. It feels like it needed more episodes. And two, and kind of two kind of relies on one is that I think that their characters are just not lovable enough in the way that Aang's crew was to be on the same level as 
of Legend of Korra. But enough about the complaints. Let's talk about what actually makes Legend of Korra, in my opinion, uniquely very special. Um, and I can tell some of you guys, since this is my, I don't know, fourth, fifth time watching the show, uh, what to look out for. One thing I would recommend uh, audience to look out for, if this is your first time, or even your second time, is look out for the mental health aspect of the show and then mm-hmm. and then so that's one thing the mental health aspect of the show and also uh the theme of the show like what is it that the villain is striving towards and always there, something there's always yeah yeah, yeah. It, the villains are like i said they're beautifully done even the ones that are weaker here mm-hmm. even those are still beautifully done uh, fair warning legend of Korra season two is largely considered the weakest season in the series which is a massive bummer because it comes hot off the tails of season one, which was largely considered probably the second best season of the series. So, uh, so be mad. Yeah, I just t- uh, I don't want. I hate tempering expectations because I'm generally the kind of guy that just I go in excited, and if it's gonna let me down, it's gonna let me down. I don't care. I don't like the whole oh lower your expectations so you're not disappointed. No, I don't do that way. I always remain hopeful, and if it lets me down, it lets me down. That's okay. I've been let down before, so I can uh, <laughs> cope, I, I, so to speak. But I have good coping mechanisms. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, there's always a next thing, right? There's always something. I mean, you know, it's not like freaking Rise of the Skywalker, which is going to completely just slap you in the face. Uh, oh, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, you should. Dude, there's a lot it's of awesome. things I haven't seen that are people on this. Like, if people were talking to me and it was mainly about my knowledge, podcasting wise, people are like, oh, you haven't seen this or this or this. Or that this? is like, kind of funny, no. right? That we run a fantasy sci-fi podcast and you haven't seen something like Rise of Skywalker. That is interesting. Yeah, it's like, um, well, and it's crazy because that being the case, mm-hmm. I. I'd try, I would try to, if I could, like, literally, if I could, like, set aside time and be like, you know what, this is the day. This is the day where I binge it all. Yeah. That'd be fine. But, for, like, for some reason, I just can't find the time to watch the show that I'm not watching avidly now. No, I know what you mean. Uh, I've kind of become like that. I'm trying to get back into it just because work is super, super busy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, Cora. Like, I love the action sequences in this show mm-hmm. um, because Korra is way more physically aggressive. She's very, you know, okay, I'm ready to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the things I really liked about Korra is that they didn't make it to where, oh, she's a waterbender by birth. So fire is naturally going to be her, a difficult bending element for her, but mm-hmm. it's not. Which is um, good. Which yeah, it was it was an interesting twist, and I liked it um, because her issue is actually uh, it's not just spiritual, but it's also mental because she actually doubts herself a lot. Um, she actually has a lot of internal fear, and she and because of that fear, that make I think that's what makes airbending so difficult for her. That makes I mean that makes sense because it's like airbending is almost like it's a pneumatic. You know what I mean? Nomadic. I'm sorry, not pneumatic. Nomadic thing. So, like, if you're not at peace with yourself, you're gonna have a harder time airbending. Yes. At least that's the way I. I, I mean, see like, it. right with firebending, you have to have a drive. You have to have a passion. You have to have something, something like a fuel for the fire, right? Agreed. Uh, so that's that mental thing. Um, 
So there's always that mental thing, and I, I do hope if they continue making more Avatar-based shows that we see more of the mental aspect. I mean, with Earthbending, I feel like you have to be very uh, rigid, unbreakable, steadfast, right? Like, I am who I am, and you got to accept that kind of situation. And I think that that's why it was difficult for Aang, because with Earth, um, not only is Earth opposite to air, but his personality was very childlike. I mean, he was literally 12 years old. Uh, right childlike <laughs> and you know uh you know go with the flow and you can't do that with earthbending um no. with firebending for cora it is a natural opposite but it's it I, I like that because it shows that the difficulties of bending for the different avatars it being opposite is not necessarily why it's difficult it's difficult because of the mental combo um right and so another thing that I really liked with Korra was that the White Lotus has taken on the task of guiding the avatars, um, which I think the idea was right. But the White Lotus, uh, it seems like a shell of its former self. It's not mm -hmm. like these old boomer men who took on Bossing Say like five man strong, right? These are it's kind of a diluted group and very clearly just not up to snuff. And right. I think that they made the grave mistake of sheltering her from the rest of the world. I, I, yes, I, I thought the exact same sentiment when she was literally, I mean, you can't, you can't shelter the Avatar from the world. Doesn't the Avatar need to know about exactly, the world to protect the world? Exactly. How did Zuko become who he is? Why he traveled the world? He was, he was an outcast. He was exiled. He was a fugitive traveling the world and he became... He came to know and understand and love even the earthbending people. And then he was even there up in the Northern Water Tribe and, you know, Southern Water Tribe initially. So he got exposed to all these different types of cultures and, up, and backgrounds and upbringings and environments and, um, you know, the earth itself, right? Like different environments mm -hmm. in, in the sense of like weather, right so he's very transformative for him yes it that made him who he is that allowed him to beat azula at the end um and now you're sheltering the one person that's that that's the literal duty is to to the world and you're sheltering them um i understand why before sure, i get sure. something like oh you know it's because yes yes <laughs> I, I get it thank I you thank it. you <laughs> but yeah thank you uh and i'm not saying don't protect her but you have to expose her to the world especially a world like this she's lived in a village her entire life she doesn't even know what roads are Ooh, yeah that that tends to be bad right like she gets out into the republic city and she's like literally causing car accidents because she doesn't even know what a road is She's never even seen a Satomobile. I'm, I'm guessing, I'm assuming she's heard of it, but she's never even seen one before. And that, that to me seems like it would cause a bigger shock to her when she does come in contact with all these things. Like, just imagine if she was young and she actually visited all of her teachers instead of right. being stuck and, in one place. Instead of them coming to her. Yeah, it just right? seems it seems counterintuitive to what the Avatar really is. Yes, yeah. and I mean, we saw it with... And I understand Aang did not have a traditional Avatar upbringing. But if you look at even uh, Roku's life, right? Like, he traveled the world. He went to the Masters. He went to the Air Nomads. He went to the... Nor I think the Northern Pole. 
Uh, and then he, he was in the fray. Yeah, he was in the lands of these different people. They didn't come to him. This, right. I think, uh, has allowed her to be shelled for so long, uh, much longer than an avatar should be shelved for, right? And shelved, <laughs> like, yeah. And she's like, "Oh, you're just gonna go." And then and when you're ready, when you've mastered all four elements, then you can come out and integrate into society. Aang never had that, right? He was thrust into it from the very beginning, and he's oh, yeah. living with the people as he goes. And I think that that allowed him... No, I I, th- I feel like even if he was not a nomad and raised spiritually, that that upbringing alone would have made him understand and wouldn't have made it difficult for him mm-hmm. the way it did for Korra. So this right. is one of the things I like about Korra is that they presented a completely different personality and a completely different background to the same goal. <clears throat> and I yes. love that. I really love that. You might have the same goal. You guys may have the same outcome, but the roads that we travel are different. Absolutely. And that, that is a very, I mean, that's what we watch these shows for. Am I wrong? I mean, we yeah, watch no, these shows and that's to one of the things extrapolate those things. Keep pushing out these Avatar shows, right? In, instead of going forward, maybe go backwards. I want to see more of Avatar Kyoshi, or then more of Avatar. Ooh, Avatar Kyoshi. Ko. 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 I think. No, yeah, Ko was a face dealer, right? Who was the Avatar, the waterbending Avatar? Uh, I don't remember. But um, there's also Avatar Yang Chen, right? The airbending Avatar before Aang. Like, so you know, just keep going back, keep going back, or right, and then keep, keep moving forward. Eventually, I don't know. Like, it's and then it's really cool to see that the after the war ended, the technological advancements that came out rapidly, right? Like mm-hmm. they had power, they have rails, uh, they have, um, they had everything. They, it's like almost they, they were able to advance because of the peace. Yes. But was, but it's interesting because war is actually the greatest technological advancement. You guys wanted to get mad at me. It's true. Uh, war brings out the greatest technology advancement. That's the word I was looking for. It. Brings it out. Yeah. You, you can see it because the cops, they have, freaking zeppelins right <laughs> i thought that was pretty cool that they put the zeppelins yeah, in. i yeah, enjoyed yeah. that it was friend. awesome um the metal benders are the cops that's so cool that is that. see i didn't expect that so when i went to the show i didn't expect that they were going to do something like that ultimately i expected them to um i kind of expected the avatar to play more of a role and that was just because of my biasy, yeah. Towards, so like when I saw that those cops were just like I, I'm trying to explain it, but they were just normal people, but they were they were metal benders. They were all metal benders. So my yeah. thought process is, did Toph have one children? She had a bunch, and then now they're all just metal benders. Is that is no, that she how that probably, I mean, metal bending was not special to Toph in the sense that. She's just special, like, like, yeah. like the combustion man. She oh just, <laughs> she was, uh, she just happened to discover it. So I'm the assumption is that she taught metal bending to everyone. Oh, else. okay, okay, that makes yeah. a little bit because my thought was is like, what the heck? Like, it just seems like she she. Like just kind of—that's what it seemed like to me. I can't—I can't really like articulate what I'm trying to say, but it just seemed like there would be less metal benders, and the cops would have weapons. I didn't like—I thought that, but uh, moral of the story is, I thought that was really awesome that they yeah, made them no, all metal it, benders. It, it was really cool, and 
for what it's worth, I don't necessarily think all cops are metal benders because I would mm-hmm. imply they're all earth benders. But I do think I know that there's like some earth benders and firebenders in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so just I just wanted to throw that out there. But yeah, no, I I do. It, it is cool to see that like just the earth, the, the world evolve and move on technologically speaking, yet still retain retain that thing you know so mm-hmm. but yeah i mean uh i just i don't know how to describe this i loved seeing the statues of toff and ang and uh and zuko too right right you, you got to see in republic city you get to see the statues of all those people and i was just i don't know i loved that i really loved that it was it, the inner child in me just couldn't help but like squeal uh oh that reminds me what do you think of those temporary flashbacks those very mm-hmm. don't blink it or you'll miss it kind of flashbacks that is i thought that was really cool i see and then they did flashback i like the way they did the flashback yeah it was not a long cutscene. it was just like glimpses um uh, right. yeah i i like those flashbacks a lot uh and I loved because, you know, like we talked about earlier, Korra calling out Amon for a challenge was her trying to compensate for her fear. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, in that, that her fear showed yeah. prevalent, prevalent, prevalently <laughs> during the whole series. Or not during the whole series, during the whole six episodes, like. You could tell that when she was met with something that she wasn't normally used to, she didn't know how to cope yes. with the fact that there could be somebody better than that. Not better, but. Um... And you know what's funny is that she's she's got the confidence. At least she shows she does. Right. She's so she's uh, outwardly displays that she's very confident, but she's really not. And I love that too because I think that that's. That's very common in a lot of people. I would say so for a while that that was the case with myself too, right? Like you show this very borderline cocky, confident figure on the outside, but really you're just, it's because you're hiding your your insecurity and your fear. So you're trying mm-hmm. to compensate with it to, you know, detract any predators, right? If Right. It, uh, the Animal Kingdom, this is very common where you got a prey who acts super confident, like ready to attack. And that's because it's scaring off the predator. Like, oh, he has something that I don't know about. He's got a shank in his pocket, you know. Uh, so that that's one of the things I really liked about how they showed that with Korra. Mm-hmm. And um, I, the, the pro bending, I liked a lot. I love it whenever shows can be very creative in the way that they do their sports and not gonna lie it took me a while to figure out how they won and lost yeah yeah i agree because it's like hold on he got knocked into the water but they're still not out so for those of you for those of you who maybe haven't figured out by the way there will be no more pro bending episodes ah i kind of saw that one coming yeah if you enjoy pro bending, I hope you did because there will be no more pro bending content moving forward. That sucks though, because I really enjoyed the pro yeah. bending scene, and that's that actually another cool. complaint that I had for the show. It 
It, I wouldn't say it's a major, major one, but it definitely felt like I was cheated out of something really fun. Cheated out of pro bending. Yeah. Uh, Pretty I, much. Honestly, if they made a show, like a, almost like it, like a reality show kind of feeling where it's just pro bending, like just have a season out, you know, where it's just different teams and you get to know the players and whatnot, like, mm-hmm. like the NBA, but just do pro bending. Like, obviously, we all know it's fake, but just push that out. I would watch that every year. I don't care. Oh, yeah, dude. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So, but anyways, yeah, pro bending is really cool. It's it, They seem like they flesh out the rules a lot. Uh, for those of you who don't know or don't understand the rules, if you knock all of them out within a round, that's an instant knockout and you win. Yep. If you, um, or you got to win three out of five rounds, I think is, is the thing. So if you win three out of five rounds, you win. If you mm-hmm. knock them all out of the stage, off the back of the stage, not off the side, off the back of the stage, then it's an instant knockout. You win. So you could be down, and like I mean, we've seen that thing a couple of times now, where it's just one of the fighters left, and then he knocks out the other three. Which I mean, you know, this is it's boxing, right? Like if you look at their stance, they're boxing, right? Bending, and I think that that is just so so cool that the fighting style has evolved like that. But I will give one. Criticism. Yeah, criticism as far as the actual meta, I guess, or how they're trying to imply it. Um, it seems to me that they're implying that the older style of fighting, the style of fighting from Last Airbender, where it was more martial artsy, you know, like the traditional karate, taekwondo, kung fu style of martial arts, that style of martial arts did not was not as cardio intensive. I think that's the implication that the writers were going for. And let me tell you, as someone who's done Muay Thai kickboxing for like four or five years and does jiu-jitsu now, that's a little crap. The older <laughs> style of fighting is, in fact, more energy draining than the, the more modern styles of you know boxing, kickboxing. Reason for that being the older style, they were generally fighting more on streets and against bandits and thugs that were trying to steal from them. Mm-hmm. As was the case heavily with like Kung Fu. Uh, but if you actually fight someone else who knows what they're doing, that boxing style is less cardio intensive because it doesn't have all those spinning moves and wasted energy or wasted movement. Right. Right. And, that, and you, you know this, right? Like you do jujitsu with me. There's a lot of stuff that you just don't do. Why? Because not only is it wrong, but it's wrong because it is wasted movement. And every drop of cardio matters. Especially in a life or death situation. Yeah. So, again, I, I love the evolution that they made. I just, I would challenge them on the implication that the bo- the more modern uh, style of fighting is more energy draining. Right. And that, I don't know. I just, uh, I'm with you on this one because, we, again, we're both a part of the sport or mm-hmm. a sport of some sort that has to do with fighting, martial arts, all of the above. And it's, it, it's not the – new, the new is not always better, and we're told that all the time. But in this case, it is. Fine. It is. It is. I mean, right? Like, um, in Avatar Last Airbender, they didn't, they're not they're trying to show that it's not necessarily better. But if you're going to compare styles of fighting, modern styles of fighting are better than the older styles of fighting. I'm sorry to break it to you, but it just is. Right? Like it's just it, the way it's gotta be. Yeah. Yeah. It's just 
hey, that's human anatomy, right? If you start making a lot bunch of swinging movements and whatnot, and you're not blocking your face or whatnot, get I'm going to punch it. Yeah, you're going to get cracked, and you're going to get knocked out. Uh, this this is why I really don't like a lot of these McDojos that have popped up, right? That they give people a false sense of security that they think they know how to fight, and then they get punched in the face once, and then they realize very quickly that their yeah. no-contact sparring was not useful. Yeah, and get, I mean, people, I think people really don't, you're right, people really don't understand that in an actual fight, not just, again, like you said, in a dojo or even in a competition, is nowhere near it a real life situation where you have to defend yourself. It just, it's not how that works. You know, you're going to get hit once and you're like, Oh my God, that, that hurt. That is the most painful thing I've felt, you know, in a whatever time period. Yeah. But you know what I mean? There's like a stun factor. Yeah, no, there's definitely, there's also that fear factor, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And then that also is draining on the cardio and you can't be wasting cardio on movement. And then just getting hit anyways. Right. So, yes, I know you have a love for the older way of doing things. But in this, the newer style of fighting definitely trumps the older style of fighting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, And I can understand. I can understand that to a extent. And, you know, I mean, it's not like I am so set in my ways that I can't understand that, hey, like, there's a right way and there's a wrong way to do it. Yeah, and I wouldn't even necessarily say that it's a wrong way of doing it, right? Like, it's just, it's not efficient compared to right. something else. Like, and, you know, there's new, I want to say new styles, but new techniques coming out for diff, uh, for boxing, kickboxing, maybe oh, not really? so much boxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's new styles that are come out. Like, for example, if you watch uh, Vasily Lomachenko, he's a Ukrainian boxer, um, his dad actually took him out of boxing early and put him into Ukrainian ballet because that taught him footwork. And I feel like, I feel like a lot of people are doing that now instead of actually putting their kid in the sport that they guess would think that they want to play. Mm-hmm. They put them on a sport. They put them in a sport that helps them. And then later on they play that sport and they're 10 times better. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, because there's different sports can give develop different muscles and movements and like styles in your body, right? So that mm-hmm. can directly, uh, you know, develop other stuff. So, but yeah, no, I'm, uh, I really liked, uh, I really, I really liked how they showed the evolution of the people, right? The style of clothing. Uh, because it's like a mixture of the different cultures. If right. you look at Republic City, because Republic City kind of represents the the joining of the four nations. Right. Like an America-esque. Yeah. Uh, even, I would say, less America and more so because it's like a city, like Singapore or Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I, I really liked that. And I loved, I loved, 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 loved the Aang statue. I was, yeah, the Aang statue was pretty cool. Now... I wonder if that's ever going to get blown up since I haven't seen everything. Mm-hmm. Like that thing's got to go. Like somebody's going to do something stupid and blow it up. Yeah. No, I, I can, can I confirm or deny? Like, I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and I would like to say though, that watching all the bending, we get a lot more bending in this than we did. Yes. Avatar, yeah, which was really amazing. Do. You really do. And the gangs, right? The gang members yeah. that formed, which let's talk about the chi blockers. That's really cool. Yeah, and I really want to know how they work. 
Like, I want to know why the chi blockers work because well, they hit they hit the the chi points on their body. That I understand, but there has to be some. It can't just be a physical hit. A physical hit's not going to stop your chi. Well, it doesn't stop it. It just momentarily stops disables it. it. Yeah, right. it just momentarily disables. Which it, means right. that they have to be able to use some form of chi manipulation themselves. Um. Well, I wonder. It's funny you say that, right? Because I think the way that it works is. Do you remember Ty Lee from Last Airbender? She would do that, right? She would just hit them at their points, and then they wouldn't be able to move, thus not being able to bend. Right. So it's the same technique. I think the issue is here that she hits in a particular place where it's not blocking the quote unquote spiritual element of the bending. It's physically blocking disabling like, an arm. Yeah, or disabling an arm, yeah, or whatnot. So that stops the bending itself. Which so that, is, really is that is that now I wonder if that's gonna translate to can that translate to like Manipulating somebody else's bending, then, um, at least temporarily, it seems right. Right. Um, so there's no extreme permanent the, factor. Which brings up the next point: How can Amon just by touching? Because he's not chi blocking, which those chi blockers can only do it temporarily. Amon's taking away their bending permanently. How is he doing that? Do you think? Because I know, but how? Do you well, think? obviously, it would have to be a chi blocker technique. Okay. Key blocker so, technique, or he has, like Asta does, anti-bending. Oh. So, okay, Are, do you think if it's cheap blocking, do you think it has something to do with the fact that he touches them in their face, right? Like, you know, because cheap blocker touches them in their forehead. Yeah, he's touching the forehead. So, is he blocking like from the central nervous system physically? Um, possibly. See, I couldn't put anything together on that because I didn't know enough about the lore of some of the bending styles. I honestly don't really know either. I'm just making it up as I go. I mean, he could be a bender. That could be a thing. He could be a bender. We just don't know. Um, yeah. I don't... That would be interesting, right? That if he was a bender, like he's tricking everyone else into getting everyone else off bending, but he still has it. So is that his ultimate goal is to rule the world as the sole bender? I don't know. It seems like one of those evil villain types. That'd be kind of wild, right? He's like, only I can be a bender. Right. Only I'm a bender and I will kill you. Too bad. But um, yeah. But we don't know. I Shoot, man. I mean... I'm actually coming into like Avatar. I came into watching. I've watched some of it, but I didn't watch all of it. And I also had some background knowledge of Avatar, but this Korra, I have no background knowledge of. So, okay. So, question for you: Do you okay? What do you think the flashbacks are? I'm trying to word this without giving anything away. Um, you talking about the ones of Aang? Yeah, yeah, the Korra's flashbacks that she's getting. Yeah, 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 their flashback. Well, obviously, she's trying to make a connection to Aang, spiritually. Okay. What, what, it, what does it pertail? It's hard to say, because it looks like there's some sort of trial. Okay. And there's a man on trial. Now, I don't know, I really don't know the, the significance to that portion of the story. I, I mean, I'm assuming that it's she's trying to show 
Cora something that can help her in her current situation. So what that is, I have yet to discover. I'm assuming I'm going to discover it here within the next three or four episodes after I continue watching. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, well, I think that about covers it for me. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or bring up? Um, like I said, I mean, getting all this new, because you know me, I like the action and I like magic systems. Right. That's like, that's like the one reason that like, it's kind of how we started talking about all this stuff together is I enjoyed the magic systems. You enjoyed the lore and the graphic portion of it. That's why you always crap on me about Naruto, but it's fine. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. Naruto is not the graphics part that holds it back. Well, okay. Well, anyways. We can have that conversation if you want. (laughs) Later. But it's just, I like Avatar's art style. And then when they couple it with the bending art style, it looks really good in the new, in a newer format than it did in the previous format. The only complaint I have about the art style, and it's really grown on me over time. The only complaint I've had about the art style is that it's a lot of the, um, like uh, setting shots. It seems like it's uh, it's that impression type painting, and then the characters seem out of place. So it seems like almost like the background art style is different from the character style background, or like they stand out. Yeah, because the character art style is just a more evolved version of the Last Airbender art style, whereas the background just seems like it's a painting, and I don't like that because it feels almost jarring. Um, I can see that. So that's the only complaint I have. Uh, it's not just like the characters, even the background. It just feels like the characters don't seem to be part of their environment because of that. It's almost like we're that. watching an animated play, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Yeah. I mean, but then again, you know, I guess I really didn't pick up on that aspect of it <clears throat> um, when I was watching, but. It, I can see where you're coming from when you say that, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that about covers it from us for that episode. I think so. Uh, next time we'll be uh, finishing off the season. So we'll be doing, was it, episode 7 to 12 or 13? Mm-hmm. So rest 12. of season one. So yes, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all next time.